Welcome to Slapshot Podcast, episode number 48. I'm your host, Chris Morris. Thank you for being here. Thank you for hanging out. We are wrapping up the 2021 year. That is correct. It's the final day, 2021. Glad you could be here. Glad you're hanging out with me. If you're listening to this before January 1st, well done. You're listening to this on the new year. Happy new year to you, everybody close to you. I hope this year is full of laughter and greatness and great health and everything else that you could possibly want. Thank you for joining me. I'm excited to do this one. Big round of applause to all of you listening over on the YouTube. If you are there, make sure you go ahead and hit the sub button. Ring the bell while you're there. Fuzzy Chris 91. If you are listening to this on the Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, go ahead and hit the sub button there too. Leave a five-star review. Thank you. As always, don't forget you can follow me on Twitter at FuzzyChris91. Follow Slapshot Podcast on Twitter at Slapshot Podcast. All right, there we go. We finally made it, like I said, to the end of the year. We got here. We got here. It's been a difficult year again, right? Hopefully 2022, a little bit better. But we're going to finish 2021 on what I feel at least is a, a more optimistic note, right? We're going to be talking about the Montreal Canadiens today because why not, right? And their continued search for a general manager. We got some names. We got some names. Some people who may be either interested in the position. Or Jeff Gordon may want to at least interview. I don't know. Look, we don't know. This is just a list that was given out to some people. We got some insider information. We're going to go through this list. There's eight candidates here. I'm going to rank them for you. Okay? We're going to go through that together. All right? Now, some of these candidates, honestly, some pretty good ones. I like them a lot. I think there's a lot to like about them. I don't know if all of them, I would, you know, take the time to go through them, but there are some interesting names on this list. Very. And I like that, right? Because Jeff Gordon did say in his presser, right? They're going to look outside the box a little bit. And some of these names are outside the box. And I like that. I like that a lot. We're going to rank each one of them. Okay. So we're going to go through the list here. Let's start with, right, one of the names who have made it here. Let's start with Danielle Briere, right? So Danny Briere, obviously a lot of you know, former NHL player, right? He did play in Montreal as well. He is on the list. It's not a surprise to anybody. I think he's been mentioned before. He's been rumored about it before. If you're not sure where Danielle Briere is right now, right, in the world, he is part of the main Mariners Team. He is the general manager of that team. The Maine Mariners in the East Coast Hockey League. They are the affiliates to the Boston Bruins and the Providence Bruins. Okay? So, look, I don't think that's a bad idea to target a player. A, a player. Right? You're going to see on this list, there's some former players that are on it. Daniel Briere, obviously, good candidate. Very good candidate. I would be very comfortable with having him be a part of the short list of players. Sorry, or short list of people who you would interview. I would. I think he can definitely... Look, he's he's 44 as well, right? So he's not old, right? General managers don't have to be old. Obviously, all these candidates fit the criteria of speaking French, right? Daniel Briere's played in some different markets. He's played in Montreal. Even if it was one season, he understands what it's like to be here. And he's a former player which I think is very important as well 
in a general manager. Like, not all former players are good at things, right? I mean, Wayne Gretzky was the best player to ever play in the NHL, right? Hands down. Not a very good coach. So that doesn't translate. But for Daniel Briere, he's getting some experience in, like, as a general manager. Even if it's in an, even if it's in the East Coast, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Gives him an opportunity to get his hands dirty. I like that. I like that about him. He's a long shot candidate for me. He is. I think he's a long shot candidate. I wouldn't put him at the top of my list, but I think it's a, at least somebody you should have a conversation with. All right. So that's that's one of them here. Let's go through another name on the list. Another name on the list here is Mark Denis. Now, if you do not know who Mark Denis is, a former goalie of the NHL, right? Mark Denis, you probably know him from his time um, with the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's where he probably made the best name for himself. He also played one game with the Montreal Canadiens. He played 20 minutes in a Habs uniform uh, back in 08-09. Now, Mark Denis is the color guy for RDS Sports, right? And... When you listen to Mark Denis, right, if you've had the privilege of listening to him, very smart individual, right? Here's one thing about goalies. Goalies are smart, and they're good at analyzing things. They spent their entire career analyzing stuff. And Mark Denis is obviously, again, speaks French. I mean, he played one game, so he's, I mean, but he understands the Montreal market, right? Very, very smart man when, when you listen to him talk. It's not surprising to hear his name on the list. It's not surprising. And I think it's a good thing to have him there. I really do. I think he should get at least a conversation about holding the position. Now, the one thing that might hold Diddy Bags, obviously he has no experience in a front office. And I don't think that's a problem for the Montreal Canadiens, right? I think a lot of people are looking for somebody that has experience. But the Montreal Canadiens, right, Jeff Molson was very, very clear on this when he brought in Jeff Gordon. This is a two-headed monster they're building. And we've talked about Jeff Gordon in previous episodes, right? He's he's a man of, like, he's got a ton of NHL experience. He's been a general manager before. So the guy coming in doesn't have to be as knowledgeable as him. If he is, great. But I don't think it's a necessity. I think a good general manager is somebody who can, A, evaluate players, evaluate talent, evaluate people, Right? Because don't forget, you got to worry about the players that you're going to sign to contracts. Having a player be in that position, you understand players. You do. You've been there. You've done that. You understand them. Right? He's got to understand people. You got to get the right guy for the job. Right? The right head coaches and stuff. It's, it's to me, I think Mark Denis is a good candidate. The lack of experience is there, but I don't think that's going to hold him back. He would be a sleeper pick for me. If I had to pick today, if somebody's giving me some, they say, hey, man, if the odds were good on Mark Denis, I would at least say, hey, a couple bucks here that he could end up being the general manager for the Montreal Canadiens. Very much so. I think that's fair. So Mark Denis, another good candidate. He was on the list here that was broken. Let's go to another former player. Also played for the Montreal Canadiens, right? Here's another good one. Stefan Cantel, remember him? You may or may not. He also played for the Montreal Canadiens. He did. He played for the Winnipeg Jets, played for the St. Louis Blues. 
Boston Bruins. He also played for the Maine Mariners back in the day. I know what, what, but they were in the AHL at that point. Maine Mariners now part of the East Coast Hockey League. Anyways, doesn't matter. He spent a long time of his career playing. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a long time. I mean, long, long enough. A long time playing for the Montreal Canadiens. Very good stay-at-home defenseman. Very, you know, good guy. A good guy. Really good. Right? You may remember him from being part of the NHL's Department of Player Safety. Right? You remember that? He was. He was before George Peros took over in 2016. So, I think, look, you you like a guy who has been in the hockey head office. You like that. Or at least I do. I think that's really, really good. I, when you've been at, at a senior level for the NHL, that wealth of experience helps. A, from a general manager sport, you know a lot of things. Right? You know a lot of things. You know a lot of people. He's a man who can clearly, he's, he, he has sat at the high port. He is currently right now, right? He is part of the player safety committee for the IIHF. That's where he sits. So he continues with player safety, right? Guys used to hand out suspensions. That was him. Remember Matt Cook and the stuff that he was doing on the ice? That was Kane Tal throwing out those suspensions. Again, another good candidate for me. A, he fits the criteria of what's needed, right? He speaks French. Right, but he's worked as senior vice president for player safety, right? He's been out there. He held that position for a long time in hockey. He's done a lot of good things. I don't think he would not again, another individual who does not have experience as a general manager in the NHL, but another individual that I don't think that would hurt him too much. I don't think so. I think he's a smart hockey mind, a former player understands players and would be a great asset to the Montreal Canadiens as a general manager. I do think so. I really do. Right? Those three to me, right, Briere, Denny, and Ketel, those those three to me are good candidates, but I don't expect them to land the job. I don't. I think the list of others that I'm going to name here are going to be a little bit closer. Okay. I'm going to throw out a name that you probably already know, right? Of course you already know, right? We all know who Patrick was, right? To me, I feel like the Montreal media and everybody around, that's who people want to be general manager, right? He is the coach and GM of the Quebec Romparts in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. He has served, right? I mean, Patrick was one of the greatest goalies to ever play the game, right? Like, when Quebec was producing goalies, like, he was on top of that list, right? Stanley Cup winner. He was a very successful coach in the NHL, right? All that stuff. And, look, there is no questioning he would be good at what he is. Or at least that's what people think. Regardless of the temper and the stuff that's followed Patrick around his entire life, I still think he would be better suited. And that's who people want. They want a prominent name there. Is that good for hockey? Probably. But let's not forget this, okay? And here's why I don't think he gets it. You're building a two-headed horse. When Patrick Watt took over in Colorado, right, he was promised that he was going to have 
a say in how that team gets built. Okay? Basically, he was he, he was the coach of the team. But he also had say, which is basically a general manager, by the way. Right? I was kind of weird about how that entire thing was set up. And then, obviously, Pat, uh, Joe Sackett became general manager of that team in 2014. And again, this whole dynamic. So, for a long time, I guess, was Patrick making decisions in Colorado? The idea was that he was. And look, he was he was good there. Right? If you think of Patrick Wall, he was one of the first coaches. Now you see it more often. Remember coaches used to pull goalies with like a minute left in the game? And then Patrick Wall once decided he was going to pull Semyon Varlamov like with like three, four minutes left. Everybody's like, what are we doing here? Right? But he was the pioneer of saying, hey, man, if we're going to like score a goal and we need it, let's go. Let's get this out. And I, I mean, a, a pioneer at his position for the goaltending, a lot of people credit the butterfly style to him being one of the first goalies to be able to implement it. I guess you could also credit him to being one of the first goalie, you know, coaches to pull his goalie stupid early, right? Now, when he resigned in 2016, right, it was from the lack of input in the personnel decision. That's why he stepped down. And then he was replaced by Jared Bednar. But he stepped out as head coach and vice president of hockey operations. It's kind of a weird title to hold, right? So do I want Patrick Wah to work in a tandem? I don't know, right? He's never been a tandem kind of person, right? When he was in Montreal, I mean, he was the starting goalie. When he was in Colorado, he was the starting goalie. He's the coach and general manager right now in Quebec. Like, He's never technically, I guess, had to answer to somebody per se. Like, how is this going to work in this field here with Jeff Gordon? How is that not from his personality of saying, oh, is he going to yell? It's like, that's fine. Two gentlemen disagreeing is fine. You're you're trying to build the best team. But having somebody to report to, I don't know if that's the best spot to put Patrick Watt. I understand why people may want him there. Right? I understand that. But I don't know. Like, and Jeff Gordon has said the GM is the GM, right? He's going to have to live with his decisions. But I don't know if Patrick's really going to lean on somebody else and how that's going to work. So, again, I understand that most people want to see him be general manager. I would be really shocked if he ends up being it. He has said that he would like to be, and I think that's fair. He is probably one of the only candidates that we heard that have publicly said, yeah, I'd, I'd love to be general manager of the Montreal Canadiens. He clearly wants the position, which is good. I don't think he's best suited for it. Not in the way that the Montreal Canadiens have built, or at least are trying to build, the future of that front office. I don't think he would be the good fit. I don't. I I, I would be flabbergasted if he, became head, if he became general manager. I would. So I don't have Patrick Wall. Let's move on to another candidate who I do think has a choice, and I would name him a front runner, and that is Matthew Darsh. Now, obviously, you know who Matthew Darsh is because he works at the Tampa Bay uh, Lightning's organization, right? He played for the Montreal Canadiens previously, right? He spent a lot of time playing hockey, played a little bit in Columbus, played two games in Nashville, played two games in San Jose, 
finish his career with the Montreal Canadiens. He is a very smart man, right? He's a graduate, right? He has a college degree in marketing and international business from McGill University. Obviously, he speaks French. He is a very smart individual. Before joining the Tampa Bay Lightning as director of hockey operations in 2019, he was working for Del Mar International, which is a, he was vice president of sales and marketing. Del Mar is a logistics company here in Quebec. Their logistics, that was his job. And then he took his stuff and went to Florida. And I mean, all he's done since is win two Stanley Cups, right? He's had the privilege to work with Julian Brisebois, right? Who I, I think right now is probably one of the greatest general managers in hockey. Right? Like, you could argue, sure, he inherited a really good team from Steve Eiserman, but he, you know, Breezewa has put his touch there. And I think Matthew Darsh being surrounded by these types of people can only benefit him. He has experience in the front office, which I think is huge, even if he's never been a general manager. He's a very smart individual, right? The Tampa Bay Lightning organization is full of smart people. John Cooper is another smart one, right? We're, we're not talking hockey smart. We're talking legitimately brain smart. Matthew Darsh is one of those people. And I don't think that's a bad thing for the Montreal Canadiens to try to get. In my books, Matthew Darsh is the front runner. This is his job to lose. I think he could, like, why would you not want to go get a guy who has been surrounded by winning the last two years? Right? A team that's been very, very creative with getting around the salary cap, right? Why would you not want to get a guy like that? Why would you not want to bring somebody like that on board? And, like, smart people will rely on other smart people to do things. I think he would probably work well in a tandem with Jeff Gordon. I think he would. I think he could rely on Gordon for some of that GM experience that he has and build off being able to make those decisions. I think Darsh's critical thinking as to what needs to happen for a team to be successful is good. This is who I have as the front runner. It's to me, it's Matthew Darsh's position to lose. If he wants it. If he doesn't want it, and I don't look, I don't blame him. He may say, you know what? I'm gonna stay in Florida. I ain't coming up here. I don't want to handle the stuff that's gonna happen with it. And that's fair, by the way, right? We talked about Danny Briere. When he le- when he was leaving uh, Buffalo, right, he signed in Philadelphia instead of Montreal. Philadelphia was a god-awful team at that point. And he cited it being a lot easier to play in Philadelphia than playing in Montreal. I, which is to a shock to absolutely nobody. We know this. A French-speaking player returning home to Montreal is not an easy thing to do. The pressure that mounts with it. I mean, Mark Bergevin did really, really well and, I mean, his situation was not good sometimes. Media was on him a lot. This is a tough This is a tough position for anybody to hold. I think Matthew Darsh, though, would be able to handle it. Very, very smart. Very, very smart. It's his position to lose, at least in my books. There's three other names here that I think are far out but should be the challenger to that spot. And two of these names, two of these names, you probably have no idea who they are. One of these names, you should, but you probably don't know. Okay, let's start with Kent Hughes, right? You may not know who Kent Hughes is, and that's fine. But he's a player agent, right? For Cortex Management, I hope I'm saying that right. 
So he's a player agent, right? He's got some pretty big contracts under his name, by the way, right? He is a certified, I guess, if you want, agent by the NHLPA. So the NHLPA says, you're you're an agent. You're an agent. And he's got some, look, you know, Cortex Hockey represents some, some top-tier athletes. Top-tier. As a group, like Josh Anderson's part of that. Right? Nathan Bollier, by the way. I know I mentioned, let me mention some of Hughes' um, contracts that he runs, right? Players that are his. Chris Letang is one of them. That 2014 contract that's signed. That's Hughes' contract. Patrice Bergeron, Darnell Nurse, Drake Batherson, Anthony Beauvillier. Some other good ones. Colin White's here, Mike Matheson, Anton Hudobin, Marco Scandella, Sammy Blay, Nick Paul, Nick Obel Kubel, Joe Valeno. And then we go down. He's got about he's got $290 million worth of contracts in active contracts. And his AAV of current active contracts is close to $59 million. So he's got some money under his belt or some contracts that he's managing. I think it's very interesting for a player agent to become a general manager. And I think it's one of those things that are is severely undervalued. Player agents tend to be very, very smart, by the way. Very smart. They have to be. They have to be creative. They have to be smart. Right? They have no choice to be smart. They manage clients. They manage players. They understand the business from both sides. They understand what it's like negotiating contracts with management and what it's like representing a player. The player agent has the player's best interests at hand. Right? Look at Alan Walsh. Alan Walsh, probably one of the greatest agents in sports, right? No surprise that he's a lawyer. And no surprise that he's very good at his job and he manages clients. And I mean... Alan Walsh loves his players. You will not see him say a negative thing about his players. Will he sometimes go too far? Sure. But he loves his players. And a player agent as a general manager, I think that would be very interesting. Just from the amount, first of all, you're from outside of hockey, technically. Right? But you're in it as well. You understand the battles from both sides. Negotiating contracts, terms that are associated with it, and you know what certain players like and what they want and how to structure these contracts, right? You look at a lot of players now. Players get paid money up front. Well, how much can you get up front? How much is it signing bonus? How much is it like if you want to get a GM who's going to be able to work that cap, which is very important today in modern hockey, a player agent could probably help get those numbers down and say, hey, this is how we got to get it to work. So I think Kent Hughes is a very interesting individual, right? A, he speaks French. Don't worry. He actually was born in Montreal. He now lives in Boston, from my understanding. He lives in Boston. And Jeff Gordon knows who he is. So I think there's a connection there. He was one of the names on the list. I think that would be very, very interesting. He's not one of those big names that you hear. He's not a former player like Juan, Darsh, and Briere, and Cantel, and the Denny, and the rest of them. But he's a smart individual, and I like that. I want a smart guy sitting next to another smart guy. I want the smartest people in the room to sit together. I think Kent Hughes is one of that. He's a good pick to me. I would lead with that. I'm going to lead with another one here. Let's stick with player agents. This one I know you have no idea. You should know. 
but you probably don't. Her name, her, by the way, she, which we haven't even talked about that yet, a female general manager, is Emily Castonge. She's part of Momentum Hockey Agency, right? You say, well, okay, so what does that mean? She represents some very notable French-speaking players, specifically Alexi Lafreniere. His contract, it's under her name, Cedric Paquette. She represents him. Antoine Roussel as well. She's got a, a, she has a couple of other clients as well. Matthew Joseph and whatnot to name it. She is now, she is by the, like she has been part of Momentum Agency now for a better part of what, seven years, I think. She is an NHLPA certified agent. She was the first female agent to be recognized by the NHLPA. The first. Right? Now, are the Montreal Canadiens ready to hire a female general manager? That's a whole other conversation we could have. But everybody knows that, that like there are a lot of smart females in hockey. A lot. And they don't get the coverage that they deserve because hockey is a male-driven sport, and that's what it is. You want to go way outside the box? You imagine hiring a female player agent? You imagine? She's a managing partner at Momentum Hockey Agency. Managing partner. She is a very, very smart individual. And I don't think, and again, most people don't know her. Most people may have learned a little bit about her. Because like I said, she represents Alexi Lafreniere. She, so she graduated from Niagara University. I don't remember. Like, I guess it was like 05 to 09 here. After graduating, by the way, she interned with the Montreal Canadiens general manager, Pierre Gauthier. Remember Pierre Gauthier? After completing the internship, by the way, she returned to the University of Montreal where she finished her law degree. That's right. She's got a law degree. She is technically a lawyer. Not even technically. She is a lawyer. She's a lawyer. She is a lawyer. She's associated with the Quebec Bar Association. She is a lawyer. She has a bachelor's degree in finance. She's got a bachelor's degree in law. Something about smart lawyers in hockey seemed to be, you know, something that I would like. Understanding the laws of contracts, understanding all those things. Those are smart people. I think she is probably one of the best qualified candidates for that job. That us. I didn't know much about her until I started to dig in a little bit. You know, you go through the LinkedIn, you looked around, you say, you know what? This is a smart person. Very smart. She's a player agent and a lawyer. I, I mean, she's, I, I would I would say, I guess she's the female version of Alan Walsh. A lawyer who's a player agent. That's not a bad thing. She, again, the same thing like Kent Hughes. She understands the battles from, you know, she would understand the battles from both sides. What a player wants versus what a team wants. And don't forget, obviously she speaks French, so we've cleared that. Would, again, would Montreal's media be ready for a female? I don't know. But even if she doesn't have experience, she, she has a ton of outside knowledge that I think would be very, very helpful. Because Jeff Gordon's neither a lawyer nor a player agent. So, and I think even if, look, 
even if let's say she doesn't get it, doesn't get the GM job. I think adding somebody like that to the organization though would be a huge boost. So again, I don't like. She's a like I I don't think she's gonna get it just solely because of the lack of experience and the fact that she's probably a woman, which is sad because on paper she's probably one of the most qualified candidates that they could that they could interview that doesn't have any front office experience or is a former player. You know what I mean? Like Matthew Darsh again, very smart individual, but he played hockey as well, so you tend to lean on that kind of stuff. So okay, well they know she is a very smart individual and. I think there's something that you, there's something you could get there. There is. I think that's kind of cool. Here's the final name I'm going to throw out. And again, you should know who this person is, but you may not because you don't know, right? That's Danielle Sauvageau, who, by the way, right? Remember when Canada won their first gold medal in like 50 years in 2002 at the Salt Lake Winter Olympics? She was the head coach. That's true. She's part of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. She served as a sergeant for 24 years as a police, like as a police sergeant. She's the head. She was the head coach of Canada's women's national hockey team. But before that, she was a police sergeant for 24 years. Right. She has done a boatload of work for female for women's hockey, a boatload. That's why I'm saying you, you should probably know who she is. Right. She was she became the first assistant coach. Of the Montreal Rocket when they were the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League from 99 to 2000. She did a lot of work on TV as well. She was the first female NHL Saturday night hockey TV analyst on a French station on Radio Canada. Right? She's the official spokesperson of the Coaching Association of Canada. She was instrumental in helping Vancouver get the Olympic Games. She was general manager and coach for the Montreal team, for for the Professional Women Hockey, Professional Women's Hockey Players Association. So when the Canadian Women's Hockey League kind of folded out here, the like teams that are in it there, Team Bauer, head coach, general manager, her, Daniel Sauvageau. So she has a little bit of that experience that you kind of want, I guess, GM. Do what you want, what you what you do with it. Again, she's a graduate of the University of Montreal. Obviously she speaks French. She is, she is like, she's got a ton of credentials. She is more than qualified to be able to handle this. She has been the pioneer of a lot of things for hockey, for women's hockey and in male and, and in men's hockey. She's, she's been here, right? She's been around hockey a lot. You talk about experience in hockey. She's got it. And she's not afraid of no garbage. You work at the Montreal Police for 24 years. You're not afraid of anything. You're not afraid of nothing. Again, another quality candidate that I think is just going to get overlooked because, well, she's a woman. It's nice that they have those two names on it, though. It's nice that Emily Casson and Danielle Sauvageau are on the list because, again, they're very much qualified. When I was reading into it and really going deep here before, I was like, man, like, yeah, other players are good, right? Like the names that I mentioned before. But these two, these two ladies, oh, they should be in hockey, like, regardless. They should be in a front office somewhere. And again, maybe it's just me. I, I, I find it real fascinating to have a player agent in that spot. 
just with the boatload of knowledge that they have and information. Which is why, again, to me in my mind, it's Matthew Darsh's job to lose because he's the closest to winning. If you want to win, go get a winner and say, hey, man, what are you doing over here? Replicate that success here. And he's smart, which, which helps. So I think that's his spot. Right? But after that, I mean, Kent Hughes is probably my second favorite option, followed by Emily Castonguay, Danielle Sauvageau, Mark Denis, Patrick Watts, Stephanie Quintel, Daniel Briere. Daniel Briere. That's how I would rank it. That's how I would break it down from one to eight. Matthew Darsh being my favorite, Daniel Briere, Daniel Briere being my least. Again, not because I don't think he's good. I just I would pick out all those other candidates before him. Same thing with Patrick Watt. I don't think he's a bad individual. I don't, I, I don't think it would be bad. I just don't think those jobs are suited for those two. But if I had to place a, a, a bet on a large, on an outside person making it, Emily Castonguay is the most interesting candidate on that list. I, I, I couldn't find a ton about it because, I mean, Wikipedia barely knows who she is, right? Her LinkedIn is pretty up to date. Right? There's a lot of good stuff there. But I think she's a really interesting candidate. Really interesting. She clearly has the education behind it. That we know. She has the experience in dealing with hockey and players. And she doesn't, again, she doesn't have a bunch of contracts, but she's got, I mean, she's got $24 million to manage, and she's managing, you know, a lot of Quebec board players. And again, the most the most noted is Alexi Lafreniere, who signed his entry level deal in 2020. So I think there's a lot to like about her. Again, is it a far shot? Yes. I don't even know if she even gets an interview. She should though. And if that list is what it is, because this was a leaked list, right? But if she's on that list, man, I'd, I'd, I'd at least want to have a conversation. Say, hey, I gave you the keys to the Benz. What are we doing? <laughs> What's your thought process? I want someone with a good thought process, someone who thinks the game differently. Mark Bergevin built a team based on what he thought was going to get him there. And we knew that that team was flawed. We knew that. Defensively, they were flawed. Defensively, they were slow, Right? The Ben Sherrats, the Shea Webers, and all those, they're not puck moving defensemen. The only puck, de- puck moving defenseman that he got was Mikhail Sergachev, and he ended up being Jonathan Droy, who everybody thought could play at center. Bergevin did a lot of good things. There's a lot of players who couldn't develop in Montreal. A lot. And that's a problem, right? That's a big problem. And he built the, the Montreal Canadiens were successful last season. A, in large part to carry Price, right? They shut down opposing teams. They played good team defense. But we've understand this thought that the if you're strong down the middle, then you're going to be okay. The Montreal Canadiens are struggling down the middle. Everybody is hurt. But the Montreal Canadiens were strong down the middle last season, and their winger core was really, really good. You brought in Josh Anderson and Tyler Toffoli, and they did what they needed to do. Your winger core was good, but your center core was also really strong. And it's no surprise that by losing Philip Deneau, losing Esperi Kotti, I mean, not replacing those players with anybody, here's what you get this season. I want somebody who's going to want to develop players 
and go out and say, hey, this is what we need. So you need a general manager that can evaluate talent. And I think, or at least I, I my, my assumption is, is that NHL agents can do that. They can definitely evaluate talent. Or at least I hope so. Or find somebody who can. Mark Dede can definitely evaluate talent. Matthew Darsh, my belief is that he can also evaluate talent. Go out and get guys who can evaluate talent. Say, hey, this is the modern NHL today. Which is why I also like some of these players who are not, you know, old. <laughs> some of these people who are being interviewed for their jobs are not old. They're not 50 and 60. They understand what the modern NHL is. They're surrounded by it today. Matthew Darsh is surrounded by the modern NHL. Right? I like that. Same thing with player agents. Surrounded by the modern NHL. Patrick Waugh is the same thing. I mean, he literally coaches kids. Surrounded by what the modern NHL is going to be, or at least should be. I want somebody who can evaluate talent and build a quick transition team. So a good puck-moving defenseman, talented down the middle, with a good supporting cast on the wing. That's it. It is no secret that the Montreal Canadiens under Mark Bergevin got bigger. That's 100%. A lot of people think the Montreal Canadiens are a small team. They're not. They're one of the biggest teams in the league. Still true to this day. They were a bigger team, but you don't need to be big to win. The Tampa Bay Lightning are not a big team. They're quick and they're skilled and they're puck moving. That's what they are. They're puck moving team. They get from point A to point B and they do it quickly. That's what the Montreal Canadiens need to be, but you can't have that without a puck moving defenseman. And those defensemen are quite hard to find on the free agent market. So you got to draft a couple and you got to hold on to them. But that the, the essential behind that is looking to build a team. Again, it doesn't have to be big, but you need defensemen who move the puck. And the Montreal Canadiens have nobody that can move the puck. None. Romanoff is probably as close as you can get to it with Jeff Petrie. Look at the season Jeff Petrie's having. And Alexi Romanoff, they don't even trust him. Shea Weber's probably never going to play hockey again. Ben Sherratt's been a living nightmare this season, as has most of the Montreal Canadiens' defense. But again, neither here nor there. Again, I'm going to reiterate. I think this is Matthew Darsh's job to lose. But I want to see either Kent Hughes or Emily Cassongay be the next one up. Because those are the two individuals that at least intrigue me the most. Or I want the interview process to be the longest with these two. And say, hey, tell me a little bit more. If they're interested in the job, of course. I don't know why any of them wouldn't, unless they don't want to be in Montreal, right? But I think there's a lot to get a lot to gain by having them as part of the Montreal Canadiens, especially in, in, in the position that they would be interviewing for. So again, Matthew Matthew Darsh's job to lose, right? Can't use Emily Castellani, Daniel Silvajo, great. Mark Denis, great. Stephon Cantal, Patrick Watt, Danny Briere, all great. These are great candidates, great candidates. That's how I have my list out. We'll see if any of these players actually do get the opportunity to become GM. <laughs> It'd be kind of cool. Who knows? Maybe a whole other list of players gets leaked, and then we can go through that. 
But that's how I rank out the list of the players who was given to us. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the podcast for this week. As always, thank you so much for hanging out with me. Thank you so much for listening. Again, if you've made it this far, you're listening to it on the YouTube, thank you so much. Go ahead, hit the sub button, ring the bell. Drop a like on the video. Thank you. If you're listening to this on the Stitcher, the Spotify, the Podbean, the Apple Podcasts, go ahead and subscribe there as well so you can get new episodes downloaded straight to your mobile phone or tablet. If you haven't followed me on Twitter, go ahead and do so, at FuzzyChris91, at Podcast on Twitter as well. It's been a heck of a year for the podcast. 2021 was a great year for the podcast. ton more listeners than ever. So thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Numbers have never been better for 2021. I'm hoping 2022 continues. Thank you to everybody who takes the time to listen. Again, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to all of you. May you all stay safe. May the ones close to you stay safe as well. This year is over with, but we're excited for the next year, all right? Thank you so much for hanging out with me. We'll talk to each other again soon.